not talk about family when family's all that we got. Everything I would do, you were standing there by my side. And now you gon' be with me for the last ride. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. When I see you again. Some of those high notes he hits, you're like, that's another octave, man. That's somewhere I could never go to. Maybe if you let your no, okay, no, never mind. Never mind. No, no, no. Never mind. it just goes lower. I even shut my it mouth just, on yeah, that. It Lord. just goes but, lower. Never mind. Never mind. Playing the role of Bob today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my God, <laughs> he's been on one today. <laughs> oh man, this Michael Leach thing sucks. Uh, yeah, passed away at the age of sixty-one. And there were reports he went to the. Had a medical condition at home, then he went to the hospital, and they weren't really describing what had what had happened. But now, saying complications from a, a heart condition, uh, he has passed away at the age of sixty-one. Officially announced today by Mississippi State University. Yeah, sixty-one is not old, and, no. and and this coupled with with Grant Wall passing away too over the weekend, uh, covering the World Cup, and and he wasn't even fifty yet. And I'm just going to be deep here for a minute, if you don't mind. I am deathly afraid of dying and not being there for my kids' weddings and being there to be a grandpa. Like, I am, there's not much I'm really, like, truly afraid of, but that's, like, one of those things recently that scares the crap out of me, not being able to be there to walk them down the aisle. And I try my ass off, eat right, well, I exercise. They were, they were eloping, yes. But, so you know, be there. And, and I'm presiding over the ceremony because <laughs> oh, I'm the reverend, true, true, right? True. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I will charge them for that. <laughs> so if you do want to elope <laughs> yeah. and you want me to yeah. preside yeah. over your ceremony, let me know. Send me true. a DM Bob on ordained. Twitter. Yeah. I am ordained. I am a minister. I will do your eloping. But but that that's one of those things. Has like, anyone done that yet? No, you I'm surprised. Your first ceremony? No, I'm not. Oh, man, open yeah. for business. Holiday, open for business. Holiday, yeah. uh, holiday weddings. Let's go. Yeah, holiday weddings. Let's go. If you want to elope, let me know. We got a couple of days left in the year. Um, so, like, but I, I am oh, honestly he's very busy. He's got stuff on the schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I don't know about are you, that. Are you available? One. No, I can't do that. No, yeah, you, no. You, you pick no. the time. I'll get there. Um, but I, I am. I'm deathly afraid of dying. And I never was in the past. But when you start having kids and, and you see the lives that they're creating, and my daughter's now 13 and the other one's going to be 12 at the end of the month, you start seeing the activities and the stuff they're involved in. And you start to see them develop into young adults. And you want to be there for as long as you possibly can. Being a father has changed me dramatically from the way that I view things and things that used to not matter now truly do matter. And when I saw Mike Leach yesterday have that heart attack or two days ago and then pass away yesterday, and now we're just getting news of that, it just makes you look at your own mortality at times and going, am I doing everything so I am there for my kids? Like, I don't want to be a burden on my kids. I don't want to be that guy who's, you know, lying around. They have to wipe me or anything like that. Like, I'm out of, I'm out of that business. But I want to be there for all of those life moments, the weddings, the grandkids, everything that happens in life. I want to be there. And... Mike Leach is one of those guys to me who I'm sure worked his ass off and was very full of stress because of his job. Football coaches should be the least stressful jobs in the world. 
Sign a four-year contract, get bounced after one year, you're set for life. Who the hell cares? These guys put so much stress and pressure on themselves every single day. They get caught up in that. And it's not just football coaches. It's everybody. There is not one job out there that is worth putting stress on yourself for at all. And the older I get, the more I realize I'll do my job and I'm going to make sure it ain't full of stress because I'm not putting that extra stress and pressure on my heart or my body where it may take away from me being there for my children. And I've reevaluated over the last couple of months the way that I'm doing things, and it's not going to be full of stress anymore. I'm just not going to do it. It's not important enough to put stress on your body to not be able to be there in your later years for your family when they want you to be there, when you want to be there, when you want to be a part of their lives. We work so hard and put so much stress on our bodies that is so unnecessary. For what? For what? You think companies care? No. So I look at this situation and I reflect on it myself and I go, you know what? It's going to be more about me going forward and my family than anything else because that's what truly matters. That's what truly matters. Mike Leach passing away, Grant Wall passing away, has me looking around going, holy crap, man. Life is too fragile. It is too short. And I want to be here as long as I can. Uh, Mike Leach, uh, 61 years old, um, gone too soon. Most recently, the coach at Mississippi State. Again, we knew him probably more so from Texas Tech days here in the uh, in the Big 12. Uh, but when he was at Washington State, did have this uh, this classic breakdown of Pac-12 mascots. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, what kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcats out. Uh, the Trojan, is he? does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh, the Bruin, definitely formidable. Another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. It's unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then um, the duck. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. Uh, the beaver. Well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the uh, the Ute again. We're back to uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that Ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone, uh, a buffalo is going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu- a buffalo is d- utterly outstanding. Well, but Butch, Butch is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty. I mean, Butch will, Butch will find a way. There's no question. The Cougar will find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, <clears throat> and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. I mean, it's... It- <laughs> he circled back to the Cougar yep. of Washington State, and obviously he knew Crafty and Cunning mm-hmm. was going to uh, get it done. May have described Mike Leach a little bit as well. Yeah, no doubt. It's not that Leach didn't step into it every once in a while, too. Um, we remember this bit. As coaches, we failed to get through to him. As, as coaches, we failed uh, 
to make our coaching points and our points more compelling than their fat little girlfriends. Now, their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. For one thing, their fat little girlfriends are telling them what they want to hear, which is how great you are and how, uh, how easy it's going to be and how, you know, uh, you know, we had, we had, you know, we had a whole bunch of people. Everybody wanted to win the football game, but nobody wanted to play the football game. Well, I, I mean, that defies every level of uh, work ethic that exists with regard to football. And uh, as coaches, we have to solve our failure on uh, on reaching them, and uh, the players have to listen. And I, I'm willing to go to uh, fairly amazing lengths to try to make that happen. I don't know if I'll be successful this week or not, but. But, you know, I am going to try, and there will be some people inconvenienced. Uh, and if it happens to be their fat little girlfriends, too bad. <laughs> so that one. I think that was Texas Tech days, if I'm not mistaken, right? That was, I think, yeah. the, the, that was when he was in Texas Tech. Uh, he got in a little bit of trouble about you know, ripping his players a little bit. Mm. One of a kind. Really, truly one, one of, of a kind. kind. Yeah. I mean, just go through Twitter this morning. And every single tweet is about Mike Leach. And I mean, usually a bizarre and weird story. Yes. I mean, here, here's one that I'm looking at right now. In memory of Coach Mike Leach, here are some clips of him doing the weather in Lubbock. Yeah, yeah. He used to do the weather <laughs> a lot there. He used, there was a station he would go in and do the weather, yeah. yeah. I mean, unbelievable. You know, he, was, he got a law degree from Pepperdine, too. Most people don't know that, right? He got a law degree from Pepperdine. And so he's a very smart individual. That's a tough school law degree. Very smart man and just a, a I, I guess, a comedic genius without trying to be a comedic genius, you know, and, and the impact that he had on so many people, man. I, I, I hope one day I can get a quarter of the people to say nice things about me like Mike Leach, Mike Leach has people saying about him, man. Strive to be Mike Leach. There are so many people in sports that are just, just, bleh. Be like Mike Leach. I didn't find the, the tweet that I had sent you guys earlier. <clears throat> I think it was on the weekend where there was there was a recruit that went into the portal and kind of took a shot at Leach. I'm like, ooh, I feel kind of feel bad for that guy today. Yeah. Like that kid today basically said Mike Leach wanted me to, since uh, since Coach Leach wanted me to leave anyway, I've decided to enter my name in the portal. Yeah. It's like, oh, man. What's the point of doing that, though? Even if there was nothing wrong with Mike Leach, right? Like he didn't pass away his normal day. Are you, are you are you as a student athlete making yourself attractive by saying something no, negative about I that coach? So. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take think that so. kid. Even I don't if care it's who true. It is. Yeah, if it's but, true. But I wouldn't take that kid on. I mean, team. he's not going to. You got eighty players a year. Not everybody like Mike Leach. Right. I guarantee you. Yeah. That. Not everybody player. likes every coach. I'm sure yeah. there are, there are yeah. kids that didn't like Bill Self or yeah. Bill Snyder or you know, Gary Pinkle. Right. I, I'm sure that happens a lot. Like not every personality is going to connect with every personality. But I haven't seen too many shots during a uh, I'm going to the portal moment. Right. And uh, he took one and it happened to be the uh, the coach is no longer with us. Right. So that was kind of but, kind of strange. But if you're taking a shot going to the portal, what does that what does that say about you? You're somebody I don't necessarily want to do business yeah, with. Really Best of luck, your, at, you know. Wouldn't at really Lake, flatter your Longwood next or your whatever. next your next coach. I wouldn't. Think yeah, that. like we, I wouldn't take that guy. So what's this about here? Is it about you? Is it like so I'm I'm out on you, man. Uh, baseball versus football uh, on display once again. Bob Brock Purdy, the uh, the quarterback at, at San Francisco, is expected to play this week. Yeah, having that huge game against the uh, the uh, the Bucks. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Well, I mean, he hurt his oblique. Oh, baseball. He's done for two years. I mean, he's got an oblique injury. Yeah, we're talking dry swings and rubber bands. I mean, you can't and, twist yeah. and turn and play quarterback. Can't I wouldn't do think that. With an Not oblique with an oblique. Injury. No, you can't do that. Right? 
since you can you can't swing a bat for like months. You know, because the good thing is like they played Sunday, so he's got a whole week to recover from this oblique, right? Oh no, they play Thursday. Oh, no, Thursday. They play Thursday. So yeah. he's going to come back from an oblique injury three days later and play quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> That's correct. Meanwhile, Mondi's doing dry swings and tugging on rubber bands on a fence and yeah. surprise from an oblique. You, they send you to Arizona for months, never to be heard from again. Uh, oblique injury. His season's done. Mm. Brock Purdy oblique injury. Yeah, I'll be fine. I'll play. Unbelievable. Oblique injuries in baseball. You might as well just end your career. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes tells the drive. He's dancing a fine line. We'll get to that next. You're listening to the home of what we learned with Billy Coons. Legend Bob. He's an expert on the city of St. Louis, but he says the people are rude and hateful and they suck. Fridays at 950 on Fesco in the morning. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound. Your home for car audio since 1967 on 610 Sports Radio. They do a good job of blitzing. They, they made me hot a, a couple of times uh, yesterday where I, I had no, where we had to kind of block the linebackers and the defensive ends were free because. I wasn't getting the protection calls the right way. I mean, they do a lot of different stuff. And, I mean, other than the uh, the dumb interceptions that I had, I thought the offense did a great job of, of moving the ball against a really good defense. And so, um, if we can if we can just take out the – if I can just take out the dumb plays, I thought we, uh, we had a great game as, as an offense, and we have to keep building on it. Patrick Mahomes yesterday on the drive here on 610 Sports Radio. He drops by with Carrington 215 on a Monday. Took ownership of the, the game on, on Sunday. It is a win. You have to keep. You might have to keep telling yourself that they won the game yeah, on Sunday, right? right? They're not a teams all the time blow games. The Chiefs blew a lead. Mm-hmm. Did not lose a game. Right. Right. Didn't even give up the lead. No, never did. Right. But it got. It got it close. Got close. It got w- w- way close. I mean, there was a point in the game where it was twenty-seven nothing, and quickly it was twenty-seven twenty-one, and you're going, huh? Excuse me. Yeah. What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. Can I get a refund? Yeah. What happened here? Uh, Mahomes, very honest, though, on ways he can uh, get better, avoiding, you know, three interception games. I think it's just knowing situations. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, I, like you said, there's always going to be times where I might push it a little too a bit too much, and it, it can put us in a bad spot. But a lot of times good things happen um, whenever I do that type of stuff. So just knowing situationally when I can take those chances. Whenever, like I said, the last situation arises and we're in full range already, like just throw the ball away and and. and just say the defense won that play. It's just something that's so hard for me as a competitor. I want to make something happen on every single play, which is it's not realistic. So just just uh, being the aggressive quarterback that I am, but whatever, we're in the right situation where I, where I don't want to uh, hurt the team. Uh, try to not make those plays happen and know that you can just throw the ball away and let the play another uh, another play. There's a fine line, man, and I know I say it and I, I preach it every offseason about how I'm trying to find that, that line of where to be aggressive and where to just take what's there or get the ball in my hand or throw it away. Um, but it's important, man. I mean, the big games, you want to still make those huge plays that change the momentum of a game. Uh, but at the same time, you don't want to make the bad plays that change the momentum. So just trying to find that line wherever I can be aggressive um, and give our, our team the best chance to win, but not hurt our team in the, in the process of doing it. I love how he says, I, just, I keep saying it every year. <laughs> You'll probably keep saying it to yourself, yeah. too. Like, take the smart play. Take the smart play. Sometimes. Most of the time, no. But he's nowhere close to being, and I called it yesterday, a Farvian game. It was a Farvian yeah, game. sure. 
if he was close to Favre, I think we'd all be like, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. He did a lot of damage. He did a lot of good things too, but there was always, you always waited for that play to happen that was going to undo it. That's, Favre threw his team out of a lot of that's games. That's what Favre was. Mahomes has Favre never done that. Favre would make spectacular plays and you're like, is he going to make that crucial one that's going to gut you? And Mahomes is nowhere even no. close to that realm. I mean, no. But but can you dance? And he's gonna he's gonna continually dance the line because what makes him great are all the times he does escape mm-hmm. and he, he does make a play out of nothing. And occasionally, I, I will say you got to live with you got to live with some of the turnovers. The problem with Denver's game was there were multiple of those instances. Right, right. You know what? What is what is the ratio? What's the proper ratio? Do we have to put a ratio of this? Uh, you got to give me uh, two spectacular plays before I give you an interception. Whatever. Well, who who deems what, I mean? what makes a spectacular <laughs> right. play? Right? right. And and sometimes yeah, the smart play is there, but if he doesn't take the smart play, maybe the spectacular play isn't there too. Sure. So, yeah. You know. And, and and you have to balance that. And I think throughout the course of his career, he's done a marvelous job of balancing. And that, a, and right? a bunch of it's going to be second guessing. Yeah. Every time it happens, Every you're going to go, happens, hey, right. man, you shouldn't have thrown that. And you're going to go, I know. Right. And he could very well, luckily he's not, he very well go, yeah, but did you see the, <laughs> yeah, we saw those too, but mm-hmm. <laughs> don't be throwing that one. It's going to be all second guessing throughout his entire career, but it's, it's not, it's not to the level I would say of, of, of Favre, no. which I felt like no. I loved Favre, but I can understand why Packer fans were just like, oh my God. He's gonna cost you, right? Um, just don't ever enter that realm, right? You know? No, 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 don't enter any kind of Brett Favre realm. And and, and I think what we're well, looking certainly at, certainly now. I mean, yeah, God, yeah, yeah. Um, what we're looking at. I used the comparison earlier. Like, I don't buy cakes, pies, and cookies because I do. I'll eat it all, and I can't do that to myself. I got to. I've got to stop myself from doing all that kind of stuff. This is kind of that same situation for Mahomes. He's got to stop himself from from making those wild throws and and realize it's okay to pull it back and and don't try to force it and don't try to make the big play if it's not there. Because with this offense, with this head coach, with this quarterback, you don't have to make it on every single play. Live and see another one. And they'll come up with something good and something spectacular and something that's awesome to move the ball down the field. That's the beauty of this. You don't have to force anything because you have so much talent and so many great skill position players and great minds on the sidelines that, this isn't an offense like where, oh, my God, I've got to try to force this to get something going. You don't necessarily need to do that with this offense because it gets going all by itself. You don't need that extra jump. A month remaining, what would he like to see? Yeah, I mean, for myself, it's just a better execution. I mean, I still think we're putting up a lot of yards, putting up a lot of points and doing all that different type of stuff. But if we can be, as I, especially with me, if I can be better at executing uh, throughout an entire football game and not just in spurts, I think that would be big for me and the offense. And then, um, I think uh, for the rest of the team, it's just same, same type of stuff, man. I mean, you want to continue to make plays happen. Um, the defense got some turnovers yesterday, so making turnovers like that stuff happen. But then whenever we need to make stops or we need to uh, pin someone in punt or we need to make field goals, just execute at a high level. And I think if we execute, we got every, everything we need to do whatever we want. So uh, we just got to continue to execute and continue to get better as a team. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Got a month to do it. Was that a message to the defense? Get better as a team. <laughs> get on the same page. Whatever you got to do. Yeah, whatever you got to do. Get on the same page. Yeah. Start playing better football. Yeah. People are down on the defense right now. You gave up, what, 52 to Denver, and they haven't scored 52 all season. You know, you know, like yeah. people are people are down on the defense after that game. Yeah, 28 to Denver feels like a lot. Yeah. 
and the way it happened. Yeah, the way that it it's did the happen. way that it yeah. happened. Yeah, they got a couple garbage touchdowns late, and you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Fine, whatever cares. Defense was whatever, playing backups and yeah. prevent and whatever. But you no, know, it was in the meat of the game yeah. I, I, against a really bad offense all season. So. I, I guess I'm different. And, I and don't then, perceive the defense to be as bad as everybody else and then does. The, you know, the stuff I pointed out about the sidelines getting all mad that, that happens in the course of a game. I'm not saying it doesn't, but um, you're just I'm just kind of just kind of keeping an eye on it, mm-hmm. like. Is there some is there some strain going on there? Because it it felt like there was felt like there was some strain going on. Like, all right, that was the that was the first time I was like, do your job, let's get on the same page and go. And so defensively, they need to do that. I, I will say this though, and and this is this is as football as an excuse as I can get. Right, we I mean, get the baseball excuses. It's raining today. There's probably not many people around baseball doing interviews because it's raining. Um, but I I I I, I will say, when you're on defense. And you get a stop, mm-hmm. and you go to the bench. You start to unwind a little bit, right? They relax. They take their the load off. They get some oxygen, whatever, some water. All of a sudden, then you're going back out on the next play because there's a turnover. That's hard to get back that adrenaline rush, right? We've all been there. Whatever it is that you do, right? You've been in those situations where you think, okay, my job I got is done. A moment. My, my job, job is, is done. done today. For, yeah, or whatever. And then yeah. all of a sudden they get, hey, we need you. And then, all right, and, and, and you're, you know, you're, you're futzing around because you weren't ready to go back in. Maybe you were getting a drink of water. Maybe you were getting your hamstring, you know, checked out. Maybe you were going over a play or something. And all of a sudden you're back there on the field and you don't have your wits about you. It's like when you wake up at four in the morning, you go, huh? And then you, it takes you a second to realize what's going on and where the hell you are. And I think that happens with defense a lot. When they're put back out there immediately and they're not ready, it takes a minute or two to get going again. If you missed the uh, interview with Patrick Mahomes, it happens again Mondays, 2.15. You can always check it out, 610sports.com or the Odyssey app. Uh, admittedly, I was a little jealous yesterday, Bob. Somebody had their clothes on at the gym? I saw that the uh, that there was a baseball trade yesterday. Involving three teams and a whole bunch of players and a bunch of good ones were exchanged yeah. back and forth between the, the teams. And they were uh, they were all-star caliber players that were kind of moved back and forth. Who did we get? And uh, we did not. Oh. We weren't in on this one. But uh, it was the uh, the Braves, the A's, and the Brewers. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Where's, where's ours? Trades can happen. Yeah. Trades can happen involving, uh, I'm sure there's some, some teams that are a little bit, you know, maybe disappointed that, you know, this young talent was dealt, but they went and tried to get better by doing these things. I, I felt a little jealous yesterday. I'm like, big three-team trade. I'm like, all right, that's the kind of stuff the Royals could. I don't feel like it's the kind of stuff the Royals have to be involved in right. if they want to be transactional. Like, stuff just doesn't fall their way. They need to be involved in a big one. Like Sure, yeah. Something oh, yeah. Like they got to work the, harder than everybody you know. else. I, I think, though, when, when you look at these trades, you mentioned, what did you say? All-stars were traded? Mm-hmm. God forbid the Royals traded Salvi or MJ or somebody like that. This an all-star fan, caliber. Yeah. The headline, Atlanta Braves acquired star catcher Sean Murphy. Right. But what I'm getting okay. at is. That's a star you, star catcher. Right. Okay. And, and that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. You've got to trade somebody that people like if you want to get anything in return. Nobody's giving you anything for Hunter Dozier. Nobody's giving you anything for Mondi. Nobody's giving you anything for Michael A. Taylor. Nobody's giving you anything for Ryan O'Hearn. Nobody's probably giving you much for Brad Keller at this point in time. So if you want to make one of these trades and be involved in one of these trades, then you got to put your big boy pants on, Josh. And I'm talking to you. Atlanta. And be willing to trade somebody that matters. You know, Atlanta dealt young catcher William Contreras to Milwaukee. Right. Contreras was an all-star last year. 
<laughs> like, all right, you got that. That probably was like a little bit that hurt a little bit, right? But then they made a move to to get better. Feels like those are the types of moves the Royals are going to have to make if they're going to if they're going to make moves, right? And there are three teamers available too if you need to help. Oh, absolutely, moving pieces, absolutely. But the Royals are also dealing from a place of we basically have two really good trade chips right now, and God forbid they trade MJ or they trade Salvi. Because I, I, I just don't think Brady Singer and I don't think Bobby Wood Jr. are touchable right now. I think everybody else is open for business. But if you want to pull off a trade and get better, then you're going to have to trade somebody with value. And this fan base hates trading anybody with value. They think if you give them Jeff Francoeur, Hoach Shaver, and Matt Castle, we're going to clean up and get something back in return. Like We're going to pull the wool over somebody's eyes. Everybody knows what everybody's talent is like. So if you're... Everybody's if, so down, this might be the time to do it, though. To trade Salvi or MJ or somebody. Yeah. I, oh, I've been saying it for a year now. That he, Salvi's your best trade chip. MJ's a great trade chip for you. If you want to get better as an organization, you're going to have to part with somebody good. You're not, I mean, you, you, the, the Chiefs, again, for all these folks that don't believe that the Royals can trade Salvi or MJ, the Chiefs traded Tyreek Heal, arguably the best wide receiver they've ever had in franchise history, to get better as an organization. It's okay to trade good players, especially right now. 97 losses. Man, I, I, as much as, it, as, as people wouldn't like it, if you're J.J. Piccolo and John Sherman, you just got to put your head down and make these moves. You can't worry about what fans are going to say. Get better. You get better and win games, nobody's going to remember anybody that you traded anyway. Joe Buck wasn't drunk. He was just bored. Next. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. It's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Snow's on the ground, snow white so bright. In the fireplace is the Yule log. Beneath the mistletoe as we drink eggnog. The rhymes that you hear are the rhymes of Gerald. Like each and every year we bust Christmas carols. Christmas carols. Yo, come on, let's check. You ain't just a man from last night? Santa? Macy? Yo, man, let's go eat, man. I'm starving. Come on, man. Yo. I think my favorite Christmas song. By I'm far. telling you Number what, as, as as I get older, the more and more this becomes at the top of the list. For By me. far, it is so good. It is a wonderful Christmas song. Our guy on the limo with the teddy bear, yep. brick phone. Yep, yep. You got the number. You call me. <laughs> Join us a month from today, Friday, January thirteenth. We'll be at Cinder Block Brewing in North Kansas City. Come on out starting at 6. Hang out with the entire 610 crew as we tap the playoff Pilsner ahead for the uh, the postseason. The playoff Pilsner will be tapped at Cinder Block Brewing, North Kansas City, Friday, January 13th. Come on out at 6 uh, p.m. I'm guessing uh, it's not good news for Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> I guess unless you <laughs> want him to somehow circle back to the Chiefs. Uh, two of the teams in which he's now visited have signed other old receivers. That's right. 
The Cowboys signing T.Y. Hilton. They'd rather have the Hilton there than him. And Buffalo brought Cole Beasley out of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> a guy they got Who rid of not last a bill, year. Yeah. Played for a brief hot minute in Tampa. I believe in the Chiefs game, if I'm not mistaken, right? Early in the season. And then retired. Right. And now he's going back to join the Bills. Mm-hmm. It's two not a teams, good look for Odell. Two teams that entertained Odell. Beckham Jr. already. Now the Giants got to sign another washed up receiver right. in place of Odell, too. Yeah. That's not good if you're Odell Beckham Jr. And they and the Dallas Cowboys of all teams, you know, they love, love the glitz and the glam and the names and the celebrityism, right? They decided T.Y. Hilton was a better fit than Odell Beckham Jr. Who was the, the, the <laughs> they Giants? Rolled out, they rolled out the red carpet for him, took him to the Mavericks game, put him on the big screen yeah, the they, whole night. Didn't realize and, uh, he has a bad knee. Yeah. Knee's not ready. Who was the, the Giants guy that was like hot for a minute and then got hurt? Kadarius Tony? No. Oh. Between Kadarius Tony and Odell Beckham. <laughs> no, maybe been Cruz. Victor, Victor. Victor Cruz has been retired for about 20 right? years now, right? Josh. No, but he was always one that was like, he was a hot, he was like a hot minute. I never thought he was anything big. Oh, you're talking to I'm saying an old wide receiver you want to bring back. I was thinking like, oh, Victor the Giants could be back. Victor Cruz yeah. now. He's, he's like our like, age. Uh, Victor yeah. Cruz. Yeah. Why not Victor Cruz? Bring, bring, is there, there's got to be another wide receiver though out there. Like that's just looking for Mario a job. Mario Manningham. Mari- Mario Manningham would be out a there nice somewhere. one. I was trying to think back. of some old. Yeah. I didn't have any old school Giants wide receivers. Plexico I could remember. Burris. Yeah. Plexico Burris would have been a good one. Yeah. Bring okay. him back. Right. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to think of old giant wide receivers. Yeah. No, I did Close as I get was Victor Cruz. It's funny. Two of the three teams that <laughs> entertained him. David Tyree would be good. Right. Um, but but two of the three teams that entertained Odell Beckham Jr. have moved on to other people that, you know, are retired as well. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton and Cole Beasley. Yeah, like, not like teams a good look. That didn't decide not to, like if it's one thing if you don't sign anybody. Mm-hmm. Like we we invited Odell and we're not signing wide receiver. No, they've signed wide receivers. Yeah, oh, not yeah. him. Not him. Like, not him. Like so it can't buyer be beware with Odell Beckham Jr. Like now, if you're the Chiefs, I, I saw a tweet yesterday. They're like, the Chiefs aren't out of it yet. For, what are we in it for? Hmm. Why? It's not like you're going to sign him to a deal and stash him on your practice squad and have him for next season. You can sign Odell Beckham Jr. after the season's over. If you wanted. If you wanted. I'm in for that. Uh, I'm not interested in that. Um, I mean, Dallas didn't even take him. Yeah, if Dallas didn't take him, I thought, one, that's that's weird. Yeah, because they love aging stars. Then they signed T.Y. Hilton? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the Monday night game last night had... The uh, the Patriots and the Cardinals. Wow. I mean, even Joe Buck was excited. It is a cool evening in the desert, but we're getting ready to heat it up. It's the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals for you. <laughs> so it was going around last night, Joe Buck drunk. And I thought... Well, I turned it, and I thought he was being sarcastic. That's what I thought, too. That's Joe Buck at his like, finest right this there. This is just a crappy game, and I have to be a part of it. It is a cool evening in the desert, but we're getting ready to heat it up. It's the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals for you. Joe Buck suddenly. <laughs> for you, not for me. You. Not for me. you. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I'm this polishing this up for you. Yeah. He realized his lot in life now isn't to get the 
nicest assignment on Sunday. Right. You don't get the the game of the week anymore. You get the leftovers on Monday you night. You get right? the the only game that's scheduled for that day. And right. he's he's suddenly reality is set in. That's all. Well, I don't know which is more important to the league now, Thursday night or Monday night, because both of them are not exactly great matchups that we've been given on Thursday night football or on Monday night football. And I love the Manning cast. I they couldn't even get me last night in on this one, man. There's just no way. Home Alone Two was on. I was watching. I, I was watching Kevin McAllister run around New York City with women and birds like that to me was more entertaining than what we saw and what we could have seen I should say on the uh, on the ESPN side of things and that's Joe Buck that's why Joe Buck to me is one of the best to have ever lived at what he does because of moments like that it's heating up in the desert we got the Patriots and the Cardinals for you not me but for you not me he understands that was a turd he had to put lipstick on a pig last night. He got all that. He understood that. And I thought did a marvelous job with that intro. Not drunk, just being very sarcastic. Yeah, yeah I'm doing this game for you. Yeah. Troy and I don't want to be here tonight. By my choice, this wouldn't be it. <laughs> uh, Patriots got the win. They are now the seventh seed. Oh, good. So if it started today, Chiefs would get the Patriots. The Patriots. Yeah, I'm good with I that. I take that one. I, I'm fine with that. I take that one in a heartbeat. Right. That's much better than the Chargers round three. Oh, God, yes. I think it's better than the Jets right now. I think it's better than the Dolphins right now. I don't want to see any of those teams. Patriots, I'll take the Patriots right now. I love it. You have the Dolphins just drop, just spiraling out. Although, they're going to think they're going to go to Buffalo no, this weekend and no, do anything? No, they're losing. They're losing. So, yeah, they're going to continue to fall down the thing. I don't want them as a seven at all. No, I don't want them anywhere near that. I figured at this point they were going to be nice and comfortably in the middle there somewhere, and you'd Probably wouldn't face them. Yeah. They may they may drop to the seven before it's all said and done because they're going to lose on Sunday. So. They are. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is going to be see how he'll react to that because he's already reacting uh, to the game that they lost against the Chargers. And he had another podcast release yesterday that he was on with Shannon Sharp. Maybe we'll get to tomorrow. I don't know. But still complaining about the Chiefs and not getting enough targets. I mean, come on. It's been a year. We got plenty know, of targets here. We got I, one right here behind the station. There's targets everywhere in this town. We'll get to it tomorrow because you guys like to trick me into saying Club Shay Shay. Nothing wrong with Club Shay Shay. So you you guys like to hear me say that. Say so I know we're getting. I know we're going to get to Tyree Kill appearing on Club Shay Shay yesterday. <laughs> have you ever appeared on Club Shay Shay? I'm not. I'm not. I have not. We're kind of getting towards the postseason. You've definitely advanced to the postseason. I do live in the game to game. I still have to live in the game to game, right? So four games remaining. Give me some improvement. Let's show some improvement along the way. Stack wins. Hopefully a number one seeds at the end of it. But more importantly, hopefully they're playing really good football yeah. entering the the uh, the, uh, the postseason. I think the buildup, uh, expecting to have a buildup is real despite the opponents. Do I think uh, coming out of the Houston game on Monday will we be Wow, no, because a lot of if, if they do anything wowful in that game, it'll be, but it's the Texans. So you're not going to get a lot of, I think, really street cred value out of that Texans game, right? Mm, I disagree. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Really? You do disagree? Mm-hmm. You think people will be talking about how they did against the Texans? Oh, God, yes. It's a week to week league, Josh. <laughs> no, but it'll be discounted because the Texans suck, is what I'm saying. Uh, no matter how impressive you are, the Texans stink will be the bottom line. Well, do that against a team that's good. That'll, I mean, we see this coming. We can yeah. write yeah, this stuff. It'll be, right. do this against a team that's good. Yeah. Uh, 
last week wouldn't have been impressive either against the Broncos necessarily, unless it was a close game. And then that made it mar- remarkable. Right. If you blew them out, you're like, oh, you're supposed to want it's a bad team. Um, if you, if you don't, then it's a question. Um, if the Texans play close, we're going to freak out. And if they blow them away, well, it's Texans. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed Texans. to Texans. But and they I played don't... the Cowboys close. They're coming they off did. a close loss. But that's also a, you know, Governor's Cup game. That's true. Yeah, you throw the records out the window right, when those two right. teams get those together. Are, those yeah, are, yeah. Those are you're right. State state rivals. So right. That might be the uh, might be the the case. But as we proceed towards the uh, the postseason, I think we're kind of looking at things. Okay, have, have, has this worked out the way we thought it was going to? What can stand to get better? Um, I like the by committee essentially that we've had in the in the in the offense. Mm-hmm. But if there's a little more clarity, that'd be fine too. I think Kelsey's clearly Patrick's number one target. You knew it was going to be. Then how was it going to shake out? Shake out after that. A lot of it's hot hand, but also would you, you know, the trust factor, getting the trust factor at the quarterback. I think there's only probably one guy that has fully has that. Yeah, and I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster right now. Other than Travis Kelsey, he's in a different category. Yeah, he's all, in his all, own. All, out of his own. And, and yeah. I remember when they got rid of heel, and and it was like, oh my god, who's going to be another target? Who's gonna, you know, like? And I was like, it doesn't matter who number two is. Who number? We don't have to have defined roles. But it's also nice to see how the trust factor is starting to develop with Patrick Mahomes and some of these other guys on this team right now. And it's clear that him and Juju Smith-Schuster are now really on the same page. Like, that is another match made in heaven, if you will, right now. And I like watching those two team up, and I like the way he catches the ball. I like the way that he understands what Mahomes is all about. And there was a play that they showed on Sunday where they they, they made a point to talk about Juju coming back to the ball. And same with, uh, with Watson as well. He understands how to come back to the ball and Watson, may not be yes! open at this point in time. But you know what? If I can do a few things and create some space, I can be open because that's the way Mahomes operates. It's nice to see that all starting to gel from other guys other than Travis Kelsey on the field. And I think another guy that it's really gelled with for me in a limited role has been Sky Moore. I I know people want to say, oh, he's terrible because he dropped some punts. That's not his fault. That's the coach for putting him out there. But I think from an offensive standpoint, from a pass-catching standpoint, I think Patrick Mahomes has a lot of trust in Sky Moore. Sky Moore seemingly has Velcro for hands, in my opinion, man. That guy, and that ball sticks. You very rarely, and I'm sure he has a drop pass, but from my recollection, my perception of Sky Moore is that's a reliable dude, too. So you're starting to see some of these guys emerge, but nobody more so than what Juju Smith-Schuster has been for this team. He's been a great pickup, a great pickup this offseason. I love watching this guy play, and I can't wait to see these last few games of the regular season and into the playoffs what kind of impact he has because I think he can have a big one. I think as well getting fresh bodies back won't be the worst thing in the world. McCole Hardman's yeah. coming shortly. If not this week, he's eligible to come back this week. Um, he was on the sidelines with the team last week, uh, despite not being off injured mm-hmm. reserve. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good sign. Like he's around the team and he's here. Okay. Hopefully he's feeling better. Uh, CEH could come back in the mix. Maybe it's Kadarius Tony. I don't know who um, yeah. it's 2003. Right. What a 20, 2023. That's where we were. That's where we were at, but we saw snippets. And so maybe, um, you can press him into you, you might have some reinforcements here late in the season offensively too. Yeah, which you may. Cool. yeah. And then figuring out exactly what MVS is for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I don't know if they figured that out yet either. I think the biggest thing when you talk about getting guys back, McCall Hardman's number one, Clyde Edwards Alaire is number two. Both of those guys are spectacular in the red zone. Look at the numbers. Those guys have a third of the red zone touchdowns that the Chiefs have had. And I think they make a big impact on this team. I like McCall Hardman. I like Clyde Edwards Alaire in those limited roles that they can capitalize in, like putting them in positions to be successful. I don't like the fact that Clyde Edwards Alaire is always hurt. That that stinks and that's no good. But I think when utilized properly inside the 20 yard line, he's shown that he can be a really good player and you get him back and you get McCall Hardman back who, man, I, I'll tell you what, I've been missing those jet sweeps with McCall Hardman. I like him a lot on this offense. He doesn't have to be a thousand yard receiver. Like again, we get bogged down with numbers. Does McCall Hardman make you a better team when he's on the field? The answer is yes. 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 The answer is yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah, I thought maybe uh, Sky Moore would take over more of the jet sweep. Yeah. He really hasn't. Like one game, they kind of did a little yeah, bit. A little bit of it, yeah. And I feel like that's, no, those are McCole plays. Yeah. That's cool. Bring him back and use him. CH is the one I don't know. He has a nose for the end zone, though. I, I know, know. It's but crazy. You don't. I mean, Pacheco's done nothing to say give him less. No. And McKinnon's been a stud. But just to have him and have somebody in your arsenal. Then how do you arsenal? fit him in? I don't know. He'll figure it out. I don't know. I mean, they will. I absolutely will. But you just want everybody healthy at this time of the year. I, you know, he's the one who like, boy, I, I see less of a role for him than mm-hmm. anybody else. Like, McColl's got a role. Yeah. Heck, Kadarius Tony would if he was healthy. Like, nobody's, nobody's freakishly athletic like that guy mm-hmm. is. We've seen it. If Pacheco keeps running the way that he does, you're going to need Clyde edwards Hilaire. Yeah, that's that's my thing. I'm like, maybe you have to save him from himself yeah. by using Clyde edwards Right. Stop stop running hard. You don't have to make angry runs on every play. <laughs> angry runs are great. Angry runs are also life-shortening. Yeah, career-shortening, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you had mentioned it yesterday. Like, there's a good chance Isaiah Pacheco plays four years. We never hear from him in the NFL. If he makes the league minimum for four years, he'll make $2.8 million roughly over the course of his time in this league. That's not a lot of money in NFL standards. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. So stop running so hard. Give yourself a little bit of a shelf life, bro. Back down a little bit. <laughs> Dial it down. Let somebody else take those big hits. Yeah. But that's why you need multiple running backs. I mean, it goes back to Jamal Charles and Thomas Jones. People are so mad Jamal wasn't getting the carries. It's one of the best things Todd Haley did was split those carries because of the wear and tear. Save the shelf life on him for sure. It's a tough tough position to play for a long, long time. Right. Man, yeah, I do. It does worry me a little bit about he runs so So stinking hard. And I love him trucking over people. It's awesome. Do you think any coach is going to tell him, hey, do not run so hard? No. I don't think so either. No, that's how you run hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> they'll be under the next before he finish, is. You know? Finish whatever. And I don't think it's anything like selfish or mean or no. trying to keep anything away from you. But they love his style. Yeah. Who doesn't love his style? It's great. I just hope it can last. Yeah. Because I want to see it. I want to see it for years. There were some people, somebody that probably should say, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you when you have like it's second and two. You don't have to blast through there. Right. When the first guy gets you, it's okay to go down. Yeah. It's fine. Save yourself. Yeah. Don't take unnecessary hits. Yeah. You don't have to turn it second up. Second and two, 1437 to go in the first. Boom! Yeah, if you should. Yeah. Whoa, dude. Calm down. It's okay. I know that first down marker's there. Get to it. Yeah, but don't. Yeah. No, you don't have to crush two people along the way either. Yeah. You know. I mean, he runs hard. Yeah, that's great. But that's not. That's great. not. It's not a it, it, what's the word that I'm looking for? Not sustainable in the NFL running that way. No, they said it's bad for your lifespan. Yeah, I love you love watching it, though. Oh, God, you love yes. seeing it. It's great. 
And I think the combo, the combo they've got going with the run game now, it'll be interesting to see how they slide CEH back in. And they will. It's uh-huh. not like they're, yeah. they're going to, he's going to be out in the mix. But if he's uh, available to, to come back at some point, Hardman, I think, seems to be close. Tony's been, I mean, he was on the way there until, what, Saturday when they right. declared him out. Mm-hmm. You got some, you got a bunch of offensive pieces in that beautiful offensive uh, mind room. Yeah. Woo. They got a chance to get better offensively here down the stretch. That's exactly fun. right, man. It's going to be a lot of fun to get these guys back and see what they can do because, you know, you're going to need them in the playoffs. You're going to need everybody in the playoffs. Everybody's going to need to be there. If you missed any of the show today, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, our 610 Sports Radio Chiefs Insider. Uh, Danian Hughes, Chiefs Color Analyst, also dropped by. Uh, Bob's wife left him without gas. I encountered a disgusting human being at the gym. If you missed any of that, it's available all the time, 610sports.com or the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it for free and listen on the go. That'll do it for us. Cody and Gold are next on 610 Sports Radio. Talk to you later.